Hey listeners, Chloe here. If you need to stay as up-to-date with the latest developments and innovations in the luxury industry as I do, you need to dive into Vogue Business. It's your ticket to a global perspective on fashion and beauty, delivering exclusive insights that will give you the edge in this competitive, dynamic industry. Just visit VogueBusiness.com today and use the code RUN20 at checkout to join the Vogue Business community. That's VogueBusiness.com, promo code RUN20. Don't miss out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Shop by price, 25 and under to 100 and under, category like fragrances and handbags, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or for grandma. Macy's has all the hottest gift ideas like Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs, and more. Go to macy's.com slash gift finder to shop. That's macy's.com slash gift finder today. This is The Run Through. I'm Chloe Mel. And I'm Joe Minardi. And this week we spoke to the actor Greta Lee. She's in a sweet new A24 film, Past Lives, which basically you will need to take clean. It made both and I cry. (laughs) (laughs) Sobbing at at a 10 10 a.m. screening. Yeah, it was crazy, right? I mean, she was... (sighs) She's so good in the movie, but she was even better just chatting with us in person. It was Mm. such a treat. She's so much fun. She's so smart. She's really into fashion. She looks fabulous on the red carpet and at home at her farm outside of L.A. Yeah, she where has she has chickens, chickens and goats. And she even fall. told us about her past life waiting tables at Momofuku in New York when she once had Jude Law ordering um, pork buns in uh, his <laughs> British accent. Yeah, she had some really great stories. But first, two of our favorite colleagues are back on the pod. One of our favorite duos. Yes, yes, Jose and Laia. And they're here to talk about resort and much, much more. Welcome, Jose and Laia. We are so excited to have you guys back. Our favorite. Thank you. We love being here. Vogue Runway duo. A package deal. I know. We really are. (laughs) You got to have one. We got to have two. You can't have one without the other. It's always an RSVP. I combine RSVP. (laughs) Always. For the... um, Unfortunate listeners who didn't hear some of your previous work on the Flux. podcast, will you introduce yourselves? <laughs> of course. My name is Jose Criales Unsueta. I'm the fashion news writer at Vogue Runway. I am Laia Garcia Furtado, and I'm the senior fashion news editor at Vogue Runway. <laughs> we love a hyphen. <laughs> Double name hyphen. We do love, we do love hyphenated yeah. last names. Laia, does your daughter also have a hyphen? She... Does. Wow, I had to think about it. Yeah, she does because, um, you know, in Latin America, you get two last names. So I considered doing it without the hyphen, but then I was like, no, they're going to drop the second one. So I put the hyphen to make sure. I heard your your baby 
likes to wear designer clothing. She does. She, I think it's so. She has this like little Egg House Lada cardigan, and I want to. Uh, it was a gift from a friend who got it at the sample sale. But I own no Egg House Lada. So oh my god! So she has more Egg House than you. She has more Egg House than <laughs> me. That's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Really, yeah. It's really rude. It's a. It, it's a, there's always a fashion week happening somewhere, but there yeah. is fashion happening this week, right? So yes. Much. Well, we just started menswear officially um, because there's PT happening later this week. Um, but yesterday we had St. Laurent. Wait, Laura. can you tell oh, me sorry. what PT is? Yeah, of course. So PT Womo is um, a, basically it's a trade show, right? It's a menswear trade show in Italy. It happens every in year. In Milan? In Florence. Okay. Toronto's out of Florence. It happens every year. And in the summer especially, they have, well, basically in every day that they do in January and in, and in the summer, they have guest designers. Um, so on top of the trade show where you can just go discover a lot of men's-related things and men's-related clothing, you can also, there's also like very um, high-profile shows. Like this season, for example, it's ERL, Eli Razzle and it's and Fendi, who are the guests. Right. And that show is next week? On Thursday, this it's Thursday. This week. Okay. So today. <laughs> oh, amazing. It has, okay. the be- it has the best street <laughs> style, too. Pity. Yes. Also, it's the best word to say. Pity. Pity. Well, what is that? Is that a place in Florence? Is that a mean something in Italian? Pity. I have no I idea. Laya's got to Google it. I was going to Google it. <laughs> well, I riff on something else. I know that um, it's Pitti Womo, and yeah, Womo Pitti we Womo. know is men. Yeah. It's in the Pitti Palace. Sorry. Ah, oh, yeah. Pitti Palace. Okay. The more you know. The Pitti Palace. Oh, God. <laughs> My house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's truly a trade show that additionally has all these events surrounding And becomes sort of designers. a precursor for Men's Week. Exactly. Yeah. It's, re- it's really like the unofficial start. So okay. it's it, Pitti... Well... This season, we also had London, um, but London is like a day or two. It's become really short. London There's men's. shows in London? Yeah. For London's, the Martin yeah, Rose show in exactly. London? Exactly. Yeah. So like Sol Nash, Martin right? Rose, yeah. Daniel Fletcher showed this season. And then um, where's Pharrell's big debut happening? The first day of Paris on the 20th. At somewhere fabulous? Do we know yet? We don't know yet, but okay. I mean, we have to assume. We imagine. We have yeah. to assume. Yes, so Pharrell is debuting at Louis Vuitton Men's. It's his first season as creative director. Much um, anticipation. Much, much anticipation. Much. So much. We actually talked about his appointment the last time we were on the pod. Yeah, we did. Are you feeling more excited now? I definitely... Yeah. I've always... I always was excited, but are you feeling more that this is... Could be I a moment? Or what I mean, you, what are your thoughts? After what you said last time, where you were like, I think what's going to be very exciting is the way he's going to bring people into the fold. Mm. That has really stayed, like, ruminated. I, like, I've ruminated on that a lot. And I think that's what gets me excited. I want to know about what resort collections you guys are excited about. Oh, yeah. resort. So Resort <laughs> just ended. Mm-hmm. And Resort is the pre-collection between <laughs> fall and spring. I'm like, what is it? But it's uh, also the collection that's in stores the longest. Like yes. it definitely has the longest shelf life. It goes yes. on sale later. Exactly. So it's a, it's an important. It's it's a season. pretty big one because it, the thing about resort. So it's it's pre spring right officially. So like it goes right after um, fall and before spring. It stays in stores through the holidays and it also stays through like everyone's vacations. Right. Like that's sort of that's where the name resort comes from. Yeah. But. It almost it, it has to tick a lot of boxes, and I think brands, depending on on like their price point and their customer, they approach it very differently. So some people can go really hard and go like full on like resort definition. Some people go very much like okay, like this is a pre collection. We have to really put yeah. stuff in and the resort meaning that you leave your cold weather and you go somewhere warm. Right. Like so, literally, you are. Fantasy. It's all you know. Like I remember, like what 10, 15 years ago, it was always like swimsuits and mm-hmm. like you're going linen. to an actual resort or exactly. as it used to be called, you're going on an actual cruise. Exactly. Yes. Also cruise. Yes. Also cruise. Cruise, exactly. resort. 
And a lot of brands still use the term cruise, especially like the ones that do traveling shows. Right. Like we were just talking about Vuitton. Vuitton did a beautiful show in in an island in Italy. And it was a cruise collection, right? Like it's still sort of And it was a biblical rainstorm. Yes. So it was supposed to be outside. It's the season of rain. It's the season of rain. Oh, wait. I want to hear. You just came back from Mm -hmm. Rio for the Herrera Resort show. Yeah. And that rain. Rain. Oh. Everywhere you go, rain. (laughs) But I feel like, I mean, they'll... The Carolina people won't like well, are probably very upset that it rained, but I think it actually made the show almost like even more beautiful mm-hmm. and oh, made cool. the spirit of it sort of like you know shine more because it was a beautiful location and but the models you no know, the models were like so hype that we were doing the show here and they kept the mood up through the entire like hour hour ish that the show was delayed and so and they were like no we're gonna do this and some of them were like. They kept their heels on in the runway, which is crazy. I took my shoes off. But it's rained. It also rained at Dior in Mexico. Oh, my God. This is a real. Yes. And it rained uh, somewhere else. Basically, like almost every Tra- traveling show everything has had a rain. In my power not to sing Alanis Morissette right now. Right. <laughs> it's literally like rain. It's like rain on your resort show. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any overarching resort trends that you saw? I mean, listen, I... This is a challenge for everyone. When you're going through the Vogue Runway reviews, take a shot every time you you read the word ease or essential. Ah, brutal. Like, so controversial yet Controversial so brave. yet brave. I love the Vogue Runway drinking game. <laughs> and li- listen, we can do that every season. Oh my God. But this season, it's all about ease, all about essentials, all about classics. Yes. It's so this very is what's it called? Under, uh, understated luxury? Quiet luxury? Quiet luxury. Quiet so, luxury. That's, so that's kind of like my take on it, which is, you know, how a lot of these brands are kind of like, okay, what are people talking about? What's their vibe? How do we sort of repackage this in a way that makes sense, right? How do, how do, we, how do I tell this, this reviewer that I'm not like on TikTok all day, right? Or that my <laughs> merchant didn't give me like a file that was like, do this. But it's interesting because, you know, last year when I, had fir- when I was starting to go to my resort appointments, everyone was giving me going out clothes. Where it's like, oh, this woman just wants to go out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was very that she wants to go to the gala. She wants to go out. Here's this lip dress. Here's a thing. Here's a sequin. Sequins for day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very that day to night, day to evening, all those things that the girls love, right? And then this year, a lot of what I'm continuously getting is like, you know, it was all about fluidity. It was all about ease. It was all about like essentials, like wardrobing. Everyone keeps telling me that their denim business is peaking, mm-hmm. which is I'm very happy That's for everyone. True. Yeah. And How it's interesting. super fascinating. Yeah. Is there an argument to be made that if you're a brand that's maybe a quieter brand, that you can sort of make more of a splash if you have a travel show. I'm just thinking of Max Mara this weekend. I saw a lot of Instagrams mm-hmm. about their amazing Swedish adventure. I love Max Mara. I think yeah. some of they, they make some Camel of my favorite. Everything. Camel yeah. everything Camel all everything. the time. Ready. But they're not a brand that we would typically cover mm-hmm. in our, like, these are the big flashy trends of the season. Yeah. Do you think that, like, a brand can weigh whether it's worth investing in a, a destination show because then it gets people talking? Or is that just it's too fleeting and it doesn't actually convert into sales? I think that's actually a really good point. I think Max Mara actually is a perfect example, right? Like, when they showed during the Ready Tour season— it has its fans. People, like, again, just like us, people love the camel fantasy. Some people, are, you know, just kind of love to see what they do because it's always consistent. Ian Griffiths has been at it They're for, great like... They're great classic clothes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, Ian Griffiths has been at it for 36 years, I think. Like, he's been sort of, like, shaping this vision for very long, right? Which you don't really see elsewhere. Right. But I think, to your point, sort of established, like, doing something like a traveling show, 
really gives them their moment, right? I think right. the specific thing about these 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 cruise shows, for example, is that you sort of choose your own date, right? And very rarely will they like coincide with another one. Like sometimes you'll have like you know Versace and Dua Lipa like one day, and then the next day is Vuitton, right? right. But like they won't happen the same day. So I think what's interesting about that is that you really do get like more than your 15 minutes. Like during Fashion Week, you you get 15 minutes of him. Right. Unless you go like viral, have a pop star close your show, which is what a lot of people are doing these days. But, you know, this sort of gives them the chance to, to create their own moment. And I think what Max Mara did very interesting is like Stockholm is perfect for Max Mara, in my opinion. Like the aesthetic feels right. You know, they right. showed um, at their city hall, which is where the 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 Nobel Prize luncheon happens every year. Like, it's sort of like a very cohesive fantasy. It's, it's like tar. a midsummer fantasy. Very tar. You know, it's just sort of like tar midsummer. Exactly. Midsummer. Midsummer tar. Exactly. You know, so I think to your point, it really, like, you really have, you have a real opportunity to to create your own moment and to make it, to try to make it last as long as possible. And it's also an opportunity to create content from it. <laughs> exactly. From, that yeah. lasts the yeah. entire yeah. season, right? I think exactly. that's the main thing. At the end of the day, you you, you kind of need more than than just your lookbook if you're yeah. a brand that big. Uh, the Tonys were a while ago now, but they were, I feel like people were excited about them this year. Was there any big fashion moment you guys loved? Lupita Nyong'o wore Lupita. Um, this beautiful chest plate. Um, the designer's... Misha Japan Wallet. She is like an incredible designer. She just makes breastplates like that's sort of like the basis of her work. And they're know? sculpted to the they're person. molded. They're molded. Wow. They're molded. molded. So it's yeah. an exact replica. It was exactly. a little I mean, I think I liked how Lupita styled it. I don't think I could have like seen that just without the jacket. How did she yeah, style you, it? You kinda she started with a black tuxedo. Mm-hmm. But it's very realistic. It was a very it's, I thought yeah. she was just painted at first. Yeah, I know. So it, it gives. So what is it made it out of? That. Uh, I would question. say plaster, but I'm. I could just. I'm, I'm not really question. Question. What if it rained? You, oh no, it's God, not a resort God. show. It's fine. <laughs> it was just the time. It's fine. Wow, everyone's <laughs> on today. No, no, but you know, I think that was a really great, great moment. She's a really interesting designer in the sense of like. You know, she merges a lot of you know everything from craft to womanhood. She merges a lot of these stories into her work and. I think Lupita is a really good conduit for for that kind of work as well. So the she silicone and plastic. So well. Oh, so okay. there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. much more comfortable than plastic. They would have survived yeah. the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Choma, did you try out some new glasses yesterday? Oh, I had a transcendental experience today. Really? Yes. So I tried on the new Apple Vision <gasps> Pro. Oh. So I was kind of skeptical. AKA not so excited to have to go in the morning to try yeah. these glasses or these this device on. But and it, were you won over? Oh my god. What did really? You see? But what oh did you god. see? Yeah, what so yeah, what was when the fantasy? You see the, the thing is I watched the I watched the um the sort of promo video around it and it mm-hmm. doesn't really you you have to do it. You have to put them on to really get the experiences. Imagine having your living inside the computer. I can't I can't describe it any other way, but your apps surround you. Oh, so, I, don't like, I don't want my apps surrounding me. It's, just, hear me out. Hear me out. They have so many different experiences. A mindfulness app, which I was really excited about, that put me deep into meditation very quickly because you're completely immersed with this headset on, you know, a combination of, I guess, VR and AR. It's like a whole 
world and they've created experiences that are fully immersive. So, you know, at one point there was a dinosaur kind of coming at me in, in the living room sorry, and then a, and then a butterfly landed on my because finger. And and then I was standing at the edge of a cliff. Like it felt so real. At certain points I was just like mm-hmm. I needed to remind myself I actually had this headset on. But the great thing about this device is that you're sort of still aware of where you are. You know, if I have a FaceTime, it's just like a, a little window next to me that's talking to me. It's not like I'm completely in this God. new world. But you can also kind of go deeper into this into so this. You kind of world. have both realities. You have you. both realities simultaneously. Watching, um, I watched a clip of Avatar on it, and it was just my God, 3D Avatar. No, that, I love Avatar. I know. I love it. <laughs> Shama loves a water film. I so love a water movie. Avatar. I love a water I love film a, too. Any, the Little Mermaid. Bring it. Okay. So I, I want to be part of that world. Yeah, it was really. It was. I, I was. I was prepared not to be excited about it, but it was really amazing. And for for listeners who don't know, can you just describe? Like this is Apple is debuting their new VR headset that's going to go on sale this week or not no, yet? No, 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 no. It's they basically launched it for developers to get involved and to begin to. You know, um, so it's in beta per se. I guess I, you know, I, I, I you're I'm a beta not, tester. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, it is launching next year, and I was really afraid that it wouldn't be intuitive to me because I always mm-hmm. have trouble. I think Apple is really good at that because uh, my daughter, who is 15 months old, she just plays with my phone like literally. She just plays with it, and she. Number one, there's a lot you can do on your phone while it's locked still, yes. uh, which I didn't realize. <laughs> but she has very quickly learned how to, like, she loves to play with the calculator so she knows how to get oh, to wow. it. She knows how to, that the side button turns it off so that she can go back to something that she was, like, looking wow. at. Like, she's, and you see her just, like, using her little finger to, like, swipe. And she gets really serious and it looks like she's doing business. <laughs> in her Eckhouse Lotta sweater. Exactly. Well, the other day I called Laya and she was like, did my daughter call you? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I have tea. Like, I have to say something important. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Of course. Thank you. We love having you both here. Thank you for having us. And so um, we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Happy Bye. resort. The run-through will be back in just a moment. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes and that made me love hitting the pavement again. 
Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. And we're back with the run-through. Today on the show, we have the actress Greta Lee joining us. She came to the Vogue offices to chat with us about her new movie, Past Lives, where she plays Nora, a woman who reconnects with her childhood love decades after emigrating from Korea. Before Past Lives, you might have seen Greta in in Girls, in, in Russian Doll. She was also in the Apple TV series, The Morning Show. She's a real lover of fashion, and it shows. She has she had some really great She was also just fun looks. to talk yeah. about fashion with. Like, it's not just like, I want to look hot on the red carpet. It's like she's really having a fun, esoteric conversation with the fashion itself and sort of what that can do to the way you present yourself. And, you know, she wore this sort of mint julep green Christopher John Rogers skirt mm. and top to her first Emmys because that kind of worked with her Russian doll character she was portraying. And then... For past lives, she's been wearing all of these kind of sculptural Lueve or Proenza outfits. It's she, She's really – she's putting the thought in fashion. She puts the thought in fashion and I don't know. There was something about the fact that, you know, she's a mom of two, but she still kind of enjoys the experimenting with clothes and breaking all the rules. And there's nothing kind of – expected or safe about the way that she approaches fashion, which I love. And it was interesting hearing her talk about her mother, is, who sounds like she's the polar opposite, but is like extremely chic, right. but is much more conservative ladylike. and ladylike. Yeah. And yeah, she's she was the coolest. Greta, I realize that you and I have kids with similar age gaps. Mine are one and three, but yours are uh, three and five, three and six? Just turned four and six. Just constantly <laughs> jumping through wormholes. Yeah. From Vogue to oatmeal yeah. to, you know, when I was shooting the the feature that I did. Jen Wang's piece in the your recent Vogue profile. Yeah. We were shooting um, in Topanga, which okay. you, geographically yeah. you're aware. That's far you know from what where you live, right? It's basically a different country. It's out to sea. <laughs> Truly. You know, I mean, Catalina Island would essentially be <laughs> as far. But, of course, that was a day I had to be back in Pasadena to attend a mandatory parent-teacher conference. Oh, my God. And I was running. I had a hard out. And I remember being late and, like, the parental humiliation oh, of being terrible. late to that. But then being in hair and makeup. Oh, and having to explain, like, I'm sorry, I just came from a Vogue shoot, and uh, I, <laughs> I what better if it were like, Surreal. I just came from a kidney transplant. Yes, so. I did at Cedar sinai but I'm here. Um, let's talk about my child. I mean, really, it felt like science 
fiction. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> do your kids understand what you do for a living? Yes. And it's weird because yeah. I mean, growing up, like, that was certainly not my experience. My parents had no idea in, in going to Harvard-Westlake that yeah. if it, it was an industry-heavy school. Yeah. But that I was such an outsider um, and my parents being immigrants and they just – that was so completely foreign to them. And, and Your parents, for listeners who don't know, are Korean. Yes, they're mm-hmm. Korean. Um, they immigrated here and had me. Um, and um, I really was on my own in terms of navigating that. Because you're the eldest of three. I'm the eldest. So I'm standing at the forefront, like, first one, go. You know, figure teach us the national anthem. Oh um, God, yeah. But in contrast, my kids, they know. And it, it really, it blows my mind. And I think, like, I, I had conflicting feelings about it initially because it just felt like, oh, is this, is this not good to be immersed in the industrial complex of Hollywood right. at such a young age. But it is cool as a woman and as a working mom to be able to present to them a clear picture of a person who has a passion mm. and is dedicated to something that, yes, takes me away from them, yeah. but that it's healthy and that it's something that I'm proud of is what I keep telling myself. I think that's right. Yeah. I guess they haven't seen you. They've what? seen a trailer of, of past lives, right. oh, that's which so is hilarious. Wow. I remember my oldest Apollo is, is hyper serious. <laughs> the trailer started, and I remember he he was watching. He was completely silent and still, and it ends, and I'm just kind of terrified. Like, what is he going to say? And he he just he, all he says he says to me, "Looks like a good movie," oh. and walks away. <laughs> oh. I know it's great, it and he sense. wasn't wrong. It was I guess, I guess. we I, all thought that. I don't get to see a lot of movies these days because mm-hmm. I have two kids under yeah, three. Why is there something going on? <laughs> is there a reason? <laughs> it was such a treat to go to a movie at ten a.m. Oh, yeah, and then of course I was crying by the end, and then I had to go pick my son up at preschool, and his teachers were like, "Are you okay? Are you like equipped to take this child uh-huh, right now?" Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be like, "Oh, well, you were running around after my three year old. I was sitting in a wonderful movie, enjoying right. myself for two hours." But it was such a treat. It's totally worth it. Yeah. How, how would you describe the film for people who haven't seen it? Yeah. Let's see if I can do this effectively. The story is about a, a New York author named Nora Moon who uh, immigrated from Korea as a young child um, and is living her life in New York, flourishing with a husband that she loves. And then she reconnects with her childhood sweetheart um, many, many years later, and they have this fateful week together in New York. How'd I do? That's like, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes for actors, synopses are hard. Anyone. And I have to Google, what is this movie about? He's <laughs> just like, so in it, too, and yeah. he lived it. So yeah. it must be taking a, a wider lens on it. It's like, oh. The movie is a, a love story. Um, it was always exciting from the jump to consider um, like this question of like, what is a modern day love story? Yeah. And what can that be now? And what kind of woman could be at the center of it now? Yeah. And Celine Song, the writer director, who's incredible, just annoyingly masterful, just ridiculously skillful. That the script was, just, yeah, completely gorgeous. There's such a confidence in the oh, quiet, the yeah. restraint. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally, as a writer, I'm always trying to, like, jump and prove Mm -hmm. things. And there's such a 
power in her being confident enough to say, I don't have to say too much. Like, yeah. it's, it's a very restrained, there's a quietness in that. That's so uncanny because it's like you're talking about the movie, what you just said. Because this idea that you can tell a love story that's full of restraint and have the stillness and quiet yeah. was really, it just felt radical to me, especially because of the work I'd done previously. And it felt really scary of like, oh my God how naked feeling just to exist as a normal woman and you just be still. sort of more, not caricatures, but more highly drawn characters. Is that what's that yeah, be fair? I, totally fair. Yeah. Like, you know, jumping around and doing comedy, doing much more heightened things, mm-hmm. both you know, in character but tonally, and, and it was totally different, entirely different. It felt like a freaky experiment of, like, what we can expose about ourselves and, like, this idea of a vulnerable woman. Like, what yeah. is that? Yeah, I love that, you know, you, you called it a very modern love story. I think if you've ever had um, a connection on someone with FaceTime and had a long-distance relationship, mm-hmm. this movie will resonate with you. I've definitely <laughs> been there and had those long-distance yeah. relationships. I also think what I really found sort of very relatable is this idea of living between cultures. You know, I'm from the UK. I've lived here for 20 years. I also, have, my parents also immigrated to the UK, mm-hmm. and my mother immigrated from Switzerland. My dad from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I speak my mother's language, not my father's language. But okay. um, I was sort of impressed. I don't speak Korean, but you are you are you bilingual? Are you? I am, but right. this is like what was so fascinating for me in doing this, being able to capture what you're describing in the movie was a big part of the draw of mm. like how how do we show the experience I've had as a woman living in America, mm. I'm Asian. And, um, and yeah, I'm bicultural and bilingual and have had that life of code switching and existing in this, like, purgatory space. But my Koreanness was something that was kind of, I don't want to say put aside, but it, it's like the painful reality of being a person of color, an immigrant, or actually anyone who's moved to a new place, has had to make certain choices in their lives where you're sort of saying goodbye to a certain part of you. And it's like I'd forgotten that I'm fluent in Korean. That's so interesting. Yeah, like I never expected to do a movie in a different language, Korean or otherwise. And then doing this, I mean, it's been sad to say I, I can relate to what happens in the movie. Saying goodbye to being that immersed in Korean I mean, I, that's just the simple truth of my life. Like, you know, you heard me describe my life with my kids. And, like, you know, my, I'm married to a wonderful white guy from the Midwest who speaks a tiny amount of Korean. <laughs> but it's just not the way that I live in in, in America. Do you and speak Korean to your kids? I have to admit, I was really great about it with my first um, it's hard. It's really hard. And th- this is all, like, part of it, the identity piece. I felt like I was impersonating my mother. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it didn't feel authentic to me as a person to, like, represent or play this part of a Korean woman. Um, and I just couldn't tell the jokes that I wanted to yeah. and, like, feel like myself. So it's kind of dwindled. It's hard. I think it's also what I really took away and something I ask myself often 
because for me, the idea of home has always been a sort of this shifting idea. Mm. You know, my parents had their idea of what home was. And I think as an immigrant, you're always presented with, well, where do you identify more strongly? Where is home? Is home where your parents are from? Or is home your new, this new country that your parents find themselves in, right? And for me, it's just like, that was the ultimate kind of choice that Nora had to make. Like, where where felt more? Where did she feel more at home? Where did she feel more like herself? Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I I that was really sorry. I, I'm glad that really you hit got, me. No, I I listen. Nothing is better for an, an artist, an actor to hear that 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 hit that that strikes a chord. I can understand the impulse as an audience member to you know be a little bit like. Uh, Team Arthur versus Team Yeah, we had, that, we had that conversation yeah. at the end. And it makes sense. I understand why. But I think and I hope that, you know, the trick of the movie, and I, I do believe that the thing that stays with you after seeing it um, is just this larger idea of life and acknowledge that no matter who you are, we, we only have this one shot and what you make of it um, and all the choices you make that determine what your life ends up being. There's always the road less traveled, right? Do you have anything like yeah. that in your life where you, you wonder, I wish I'd done this part, I wish I'd followed up oh, with that person. Sure. I mean, just like on like a like a petty actor level. Like, of course, I'm like, oh, if I'd gotten that job, like, where would I be now? I, I remember starting out, there were so many close calls where you get a pin on you, and that means like, oh my God, it's you and one other person. Like, this could happen. Wow. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know the pin thing. Oh, yeah. So many pins. I'm covered in holes. From. Like, I'm just pinned. <laughs> in, in the modeling so, industry or in fashion, we say you have a first option or a second uh, option. Yeah. Okay. Right, that's what it is. So re- a pin is when it's you, two people get pinned and yep. one person gets picked. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary. It's brutal. It's so real. It's so brutal. I like. There's so many experiences. Yeah. Wow. I, I remember like um, Gossip Girl was a really close call for me way wow. back. Really, um, the character Yuki. Um, okay. And I remember, you know, this is just the nature of the job. You constantly think this is it. Yeah. This and now I will become Meryl Streep. I will get this job, <laughs> and I will become you know the greatest actor of my generation. And then it doesn't happen, and you keep cycling through on repeat. What that is, yeah. Always a bridesmaid. Oh, always. That is the essence of being an actor or and the a waiter. Th- yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, didn't you wait tables before oh, you furiously yes. became the bride? <laughs> I'm an expert waiter of tables. I mean, I, t- truly. I mean, literally. In New York City, I was. Where did you wait tables? Momofuku Sambar. Oh, mm, wow. Good choice. Yes. Um, and a little bit of co. This was, I mean, this was the heyday. That kind of, you know, that the chef rock star, yeah. you know, David Chang. Yeah, he would be an interesting train. person to work for, I imagine. Yes, yes. <laughs> he is now a friend. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you're listening, Dave, you know, I love you very much. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. But, oh, my gosh, it was so intense. I've waited tables. I've delivered pork buns to people I've now worked with. Oh, that, that's and so they don't, they don't know that. It's too weird. <laughs> Tell us. Oh, Just give us one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, I guess we, we didn't end up working together. But, like, I remember Jude Law. 
<laughs> just like, you know, this like English accent, uh, ordering a, a momo fuku sake and an order of pork buns. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's, good it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I have like a real nostalgia for that time, actually. Yeah, it was great. New York City life crammed into a tiny apartment. Mm. So small, it was like a boat. All Where did my you live? Where did you live in? I lived on 2nd Avenue between 5th and 6th. I lived on 11th between A and B. I see the whole tour of the East I Village. I mean, truly. And then we ended up shooting this movie I there. Know, and it is just blowing my mind. I'm yes. obsessed with your new haircut. Well, you oh, have to gosh. describe it to Thanks. everyone. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what happened was I got a pixie cut. Um, because of the morning show. Mm-hmm. We were talking about, for the character that I play, Stella Bach, what would be a natural evolution for someone like her after several years in, like, this powerful position that she holds and the status of being the first female woman of color, really, uh, in the in the history of the whole network. I mean, it's fictionalized, of course. Uh, <laughs> and um, the first news president. The next season that I was a part of, several years have passed. So we just had this idea of like, okay, if she's like really owning her position and with the clothes, it's just her wardrobe is sick. I mean, it Best is— Best wardrobe so far that you've worked— uh, ab- Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> did you keep Absolute? anything? No. Um, they need it in case we, you know, what? What? That, these are lies, right? I, they must be. I, I, it's so hard for me to accept that I can't keep it. But, I mean, her wardrobe, it's just, I've asked them, please, can you pay me more and I will accept b- b- worse, shittier clothing, okay? Because it's all Prada. Balenciaga, nice, Louave. Nice. I mean, just uh, vintage Chanel. I, it's wow. just exquisite. But I love wow. that for her. Yeah. That she's like, yeah. yeah, this is my flex. God, Apple really knows how to do it. They really do. <laughs> they really do. I secretly have too much hair. I know mm. that sounds so, I have too much hair. But it <laughs> makes it challenging. Yeah. I'm in hats a lot. Okay. Which, really? You're a hat girl. Yeah. I don't. I, I had to specifically not wear that today, meeting Anna. There, I was like, I can't wear my Pixar baseball cap. That, oh, my I God. Just, I probably can't do that. But, yeah, I'm a total hat person. <laughs> I'm not seeing a lot of hats here in the office. No. It's not, not, a, hat not a hat office. not a hat office. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but you've had some good accessories. I mean, when I think about the sparkly tinsel shoes that you wore to the Lueve show caused oh. quite a stir. Okay, God, these shoes, it looked like an explosion from like, I mean, can you describe them for people? It's like, imagine stepping into metallic pom-poms yeah, and, and walking around in them. I mean, it's pure fantasy. Oh, I loved, so I loved it so much. Do you often go to Fashion Week? I, that was my first time in Paris. We've all been there before. You're planning a dinner party, or having family over, or even just cooking for yourself, when all of a sudden it starts to feel overwhelming. Uh, I live in a very small one-bedroom apartment with a very small kitchen. I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. Maybe it's a last-minute party with no menu inspiration, a kitchen with no space. A toddler who will only eat buttered pasta. Name your dinner emergency. We're here to help. Here's how the show works. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. 
Then, I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. Greta, I feel like you're a great Loewe muse, and I know that you've been working with Jonathan Anderson, who's the creative director, quite a bit, and wearing the brand on the red carpet and to their Paris show. I have, and I've just started to work with them, and we just shot—I think I'm allowed to say—we just shot a fragrance thing that was so—I mean, that's the thing with Jonathan and Loewe. It's so esoteric. But also really visceral. Mm. It's all the things, it's like all the things that I want in a film role. Mm. Like it feels very personal, but also challenging and like oh, interesting. unconventional, you know? But um you also for the for the premiere of um Past Lives, and you were Proenza. Oh, I you did? did? That's what that that dress can you it was sort of a wrinkled gold, can you describe Metallic, it? Metallic. Um it looks a, like <laughs> A soft armor. <laughs> yeah, that's actually um, a nice way of describing it. Oh, I yeah. might use that later. Okay, great. Please do. You, I, I'll allow it. Uh, it's silver and gold over, um, I don't, like a chiffon underskirt that peeks mm. out at the bottom. Oh, um, love that. Yeah, I. but, you know, I really, I love those guys. I, and they're such a New York brand. And the screening was at Metrograph. Mm. And the movie's so New York that it just felt... Perfect. Yeah, really. you. So you're really into like you love fashion. Is I that fair? Do. You don't because I, I a lot of it. the time I talk to actors and they they kind of pretend that oh no I don't love fashion or oh yeah no no I'm obsessed. Yes, we I love mean, that. I, I am. It's so fun. I know. Doing, and I like thinking about the choices about yeah. what which dress like the way that this dress felt like a Joan of Arc, like a soft, vulnerable Joan of Arc, mm. like reflect like something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's Nora. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and I was reading in uh, just you talking about what it was like growing up in L.A. and commuting like two hours to Harvard-Westlake, which mm-hmm. was this very sort of Tony, academic, intense school environment. Um, and sort of changing, molding your fashion to base where you work. Yeah, it is different in that now now I can own, like, who I'm going to be yeah. and stand firm. And, like, even if this doesn't match my surroundings, too bad. Like, right. I'm standing in my truth as this woman. <laughs> but, yeah, that was not the case growing up. It was, like, a constant costume change um, that was pretty aggressive. That's exhausting. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was, like, my car was But did was you feel, wreck. like— Fashion was a was an armor, like was yes. a wet was a tool. Because I do think yes, exhausting, but it also is like what kind of what's more exhausting is I have to deal with all the the switching. And if that mm-hmm. is the thing that helps you navigate these different environments in these different worlds, and yeah. then it's actually your best tool. For me, it was like a full a, an active rebellion. Like it was the way I could say, I'm taking up space. Uh, it's taken me some time in, as an adult to understand what that was about um, and that you being an Asian-American woman, being an outsider, I was always fighting this feeling of don't make any sudden movements. Don't draw attention to yourself. And, like, that's just like being a woman, right? Yeah. Those feelings of, like, don't be too much. Right. Well, I mean, I loved that for your first Emmys, you were like, you know what? I'm just yeah. going to wear this Sesame Street green, Christopher John Rogers, yes. taffeta 
balloon that was cool. almost. That was so cool. With pockets. Yeah. Choma's a big fan of a ball gown with pockets. I Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so functional. <laughs> that, I that, love that. That's yeah. Choma's Met Gala secret. She yes. doesn't bring a purse. She just makes sure no, a dress has pockets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. That's that's a good secret. I loved that dress. And I'm I, he will have a special place in my heart forever. And that also matched... Maxine, the character that I was playing on Russian Doll, the color and the feel, like the volume, because Maxine was wearing that seafoam green. I mean, it's I think it was like H and M, but that made sense for her. We that was intentional, but the feeling of that of that wild woman, I've like felt that in the dress. That's so funny. Christopher's dress. Mm -hmm. Who are your style icons? Like when you think about who you want to look like on the red carpet. Oh man, I loved like Tilda. I love yeah. that she Tilda forever. You're she giving can, Tilda vibes, yeah, I think. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can leave now. That's, oh my God, thank you so much. Tilda Swinton for Tilda those Swinton. Insane people who don't know. Right, right. <laughs> we just we just did not just, but we did a movie together. We oh, did wow. Julio Torres's Problemista. I have this one scene with Tilda where we're <laughs> holding each other crying and spinning on this pretend lazy Susan. I mean, it was one of the wildest experiences ever to hold her (laughs) and spin. And like, it was my dream. But she is just the baddest bitch ever, (laughs) ever. And that's that's what I want to be. The way she wears clothes. Yeah. Incredible. You know? Yeah, you you're a farmer, and I am. Are you? You know what? It's because there's no uh, segue, a natural segue into the fact that I now have chickens. <laughs> That's <laughs> why. When do you have chickens? Oh man. Okay, I first got chickens. Take the chickens. I, oh God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you like to come to London? With emotional chicken? support chicken, <laughs> right? <laughs> Delta. Can you imagine? Oh my God. I can actually. I can. Yeah. I've seen many things on a Delta plane that I uh-huh. thought I'd never see in life. Yeah, just a small chicken. Um, I got. I think we got one. A, 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 our first uh, flock of chickens a few months ago. And I'm, I'm sorry, but they they died. Uh, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this ha- this okay. is what happens it's when you natural, have chickens. Yep. It's like oh, this okay. is like a PSA for chicken owners. It, it, well, you how have long? To be what's the lifespan? What? Did, how did you well, describe it before? It, to us? Basically, it's like I have a vending machine <laughs> of chickens. For the coyotes and the hawks and There's all, so that. many predators in There's LA. So many. It's like did having you know this human you got there? and animal? Yes, <laughs> I did, and yet I still <laughs> went for it. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Is but it now of I'm the in eggs, it. or because you want something to look after? Like they, what's they why? passed before they started oh. giving us eggs. Oh my god! But no, it happened this is not for me. when uh-huh. we well, we got them for months. It was great, and and really, is owning it for the chickens, kids? Do they like them? They love them. Okay, great. And I fully endorse it. Yes. They having chickens, they're the easiest pet, except for the fact that they get killed so easily. But it, having them around is so wonderful. I remember having fittings, like a Chanel fitting with like a chicken hopping by. No. It's just like oh a gentle God. reminder of oh. like, you know, the full spectrum of life. I'm right? still not quite sure why you got chickens. <laughs> she lives um, in a, f- a former goat ranch. Yes. Right? Okay, fair, fair, fair. We, fair, have, fair. we have, we live Context. in a tiny little house Context. on an acre of land. Greta, we're a fashion and culture podcast, but we like to know. So what, talk more about chickens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what uh, What are you consuming right now? What's your cultural diet? 
at this moment. Well, succession. Yes. But now there's a gaping hole. I, like, I what feel, do we I do? What are you going to fill the hole with? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I've just been re-watching Sex in the City. Uh, the original. Yeah. There was a, an article, an interview you did where you were talking about how your early life in New York was so influenced by Sex in the City. It was. Favorite I, I'm season. I'm not even ashamed of it. I mean. Oh, hard to pick, right? It's hard. so hard. It depends. I mean. Okay, the way I went to Northwestern, and I was in a sorority. (laughs) Wouldn't have guessed. I I know I try to keep it under wraps. (laughs) You know, it conflicts with my brand. Uh, But you know, Webby sorority. Don't tell tell Jonathan. (laughs) I was in Kappa Kappa Gamma. Oh my God. (laughs) However. Fun fact, Meghan Markle was in my sorority. Get out. She, she went to was Northwestern? Our, she went to Northwestern. Huh. She was our rush chair. Oh, she was the goodness. face of the sorority. She opened the door and and said, hello. Yeah, that Welcome to Kappa Kappa Gamma. Wow. Yes, thank you. Uh, I mean, wh- whatever. No disrespect. Fine. Uh, <laughs> there's a space for all of this. Uh, but, but at that time... I, you know, I was in Evanston, Illinois, and this idea of New York City mm. was funneled to me through Sex in the City. Yeah. You know, like that's just wh- how it was. I, and I I fully moved to New York um, on the coattails of like this fantasy of what my life was going to be. Same. So like I'm going to be just throwing money away on Cosmos and, like, Manolos, which is, like, the complete opposite from what happened. Well, I'm getting close. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not minus the Cosmos, but I do like a Manolo. Have you had a Cosmo recently? No. They're back, apparently. Are they? Okay, so that's the new cultural diet. Cosmos. Cosmos and Manolos? Yeah. Cosmos and (laughs) Manolos. I love it. So retro. (laughs) I love you had a great quote where said, I'd own a house right now if it weren't for sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so you so you were very into buying on your I, waitress salary, you bought high-end stuff? Let's just a lot of say cut. there were some bad choices. <laughs> oh. Well, I, you know, yeah. A baguette? Did you own a baguette? God. Do you I, own a baguette? I do. Ah. A Fendi baguette, Choma. Yeah, sorry. Just for people Fendi, who don't know, sorry. we're not talking about We're not talking about bread. <laughs> okay, okay. What about the croissant? Oh, yeah. Croissant, the, the Fendi croissant. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know I there was d- a Fendi croissant. I think there is. It's the little guy. Yeah. I oh. don't have that one. A lot. My love of bags, so, I mean, really, it comes from my mom. My mom has right. this idea. I mean, this is very— Oh, the Chanel bag that was passed sh- down to you. Yes. Wait, oh. tell us about that. Um, my Well, my grandmother was a—I mean, it's incredible. She grew up in poverty, and she—it was wartime. But I think that's, like, my relationship with— Luxury goods comes from, I mean, you could argue it's materialistic. I don't have to do that here. I'm at Vogue. No, you don't. But it's not materialistic. Uh, this is no, a no, safe no. space it's for luxury goods. Okay, like luxury of, goods. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but for her, it was a way to, it, it was a symbol of survival and success and being a woman. There was a tremendous pride in owning Chanel um, and that it was an indicator of being um, like a fully fleshed woman. In Korea? In Korea. Interesting. Um, and and then also now in, in L.A., I mean, my mom is just like a huge bag lady in, in the literal sense. Um, and she she gives me bags. I bet bags. she's we super chic. Bag. She is. She's really What's chic. What's her style yeah, like? Yeah, describe it. Well, I guess she's kind of nailed the L.A. problem in that she does. There is a little bit of athleisure, but it'll be it'll be like. <laughs> I love it with the Chanel bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be like Nike golf 
clothes. Oh, that's, that's a weird that's athleisure good. vibe. With, with a pleat. We want to. We want to pant with a pleat. With yes. A, with a pleat and like, but with accessories, with like a, a belt, um, and a handbag. Absolutely. Fine jewelry. She's a big jewelry person. I'm really. That's the one thing that I'm not really a jewelry person. Okay. Oh, I like except uh, uh, except Cartier. I love you, Cartier. If you were <laughs> wanting to, you know, like. <laughs> I really like these (laughs) shameless I would I love classic pieces that have meaning and I I end up not wearing a lot of extra things it's just I gravitate towards things that are simple and because it, it's all about the clothes, or it has been all about the clothes. Yeah. Um, but we are really different. She's hyper femme. Okay. And I'm, in her eyes, essentially a man. Like, <laughs> she cannot comprehend. Yeah, what does she think of your red carpet choices? Like, what, 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 what's been her favorite out of everything that you've worn? I mean, okay, I'm trying to think. What, I'm trying to think about what my most feminine she's she's a classicist you know mm. she has an idea I, I think like if if I could turn into like an Asian Amal Clooney she would be thrilled <laughs> that's what she wants for me you know or like Amal, Amal Clooney is very popular on like our website a just saying she's great people love her style huge traffic driver we, you're huge okay. traffic driver okay yes my I have to add though my sister who's just a year younger than me, and she now lives, she moved from L.A. to Dallas. She's an artist. She's fabulous. The two of us could not be more different. I okay. mean, like, she is, she, I guess, I, she is a mall. I mean, like, you. She's an artist and she dresses like a mall. That's and, unusual. But, but it's Dallas, baby. Right, you know, right. Texas. Okay, fair, fair, fair. I mean, she's much more Carolina Herrera. Interesting. She's, uh, and, I, and, and I am a man. <laughs> I am like, you know, a hipster, quote unquote. Like she, she again, she, my mother, you're, you're understanding the dynamic. My mom and my sister cannot comprehend what my choices, the short hair. What did they think like, of the pom-pom shoes? I, you know, it's like. Didn't even register. You know, okay. it's like maybe they were just like. They're just like, oh, okay, that's just you being you. Gre- yeah. That's just Greta being Greta. Yeah, like she's crazy. And that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank Greta, you so thank much you for, for joining. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you guys practice that, right? Yeah, we do. We, we always run a synchronize. <laughs> that's it for this episode of The Run Through. The Run for Revoke is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis, Gabe Kiroga, and Kevin Burasa, and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Michael Calori, the co-host of Wired's Gadget Lab. And I'm Lauren Good, the other co-host of Wired's Gadget Lab. Get ready to dive deep into the cultural phenomenon that's been shaping conversations, sparking movements, and breaking barriers for over a decade. The new three-part docuseries, Black Twitter, A People's History, based on the groundbreaking Wired cover story by Jason Parham, explores everything from the fun, games, and inside jokes that characterize the early years of Black Twitter, to the social movements, the voices, and the hashtags that made Black Twitter an influential force in nearly every aspect of American political culture. Join us as we unravel the threads of this digital community, tracing its origins, celebrating its triumphs, and exploring its impact on society at large. Watch the series from Onyx Collective in association with Wired Studios, premiering on Hulu on May 9th.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.